You are listening to an all-new episode of the Model Experience Podcast, live from the Model House. The Model Experience is the number one resource for models. Real models, real stories, real resources. Visit themodelexperience.net to learn more and be sure to follow us on Instagram at themodelexperience. What's up, guys? It's almost fashion week. Yes, no sleep till fashion week. We are literally counting down the days until fashion week over here. I mean, actors have the Oscars, mm-hmm. they have Sundance, they even have the Emmys, in music you have the Grammys, and in modeling and in fashion, we have Fashion, fashion Week! week. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I know we are staying super active this season, okay? Can we just talk about what we have going on this Fashion Week? Absolutely. So, first starters, we have our girl Deandra in New York, prepping for New York Fashion Week mm-hmm. as we speak. And if you don't know about Dee, she usually sits front row, she's backstage, she has all of the access, right? (laughs) So since we all can't make it, she's going to be streaming live. Okay. So be sure to follow our Instagram page, at The Model Experience, and be sure to follow Deandra, at Deandra Barnwell. Okay, so let's talk about LA Fashion Week. Can I just say, LA is where it's at. Mm -hmm. Whether it's fashion, the models, weather, especially brands. For me, this is just where I need to be, and that's why I love Los Angeles Fashion Week. (laughs) I agree. LA is where it's at, and that's why the model experience focuses so heavily on Fashion Week here in LA. So our event is from March 7th through the 10th. Tell us more. I agree, which is why we focus so heavily on Fashion Week here in LA. Mm -hmm. Our event is from March 7th through the 10th. March 7th and 8th, we're at the LA Convention Center. We have over 40 designers showcasing and 600 plus models walking the runway. Crazy. (laughs) And don't forget, on top of it, March 9th, we're hosting our first ever model party here at the Model House. So many people have been asking me how to get in, and details on that are coming soon, I promise. Okay, and then March 10th, we're going to follow this up with a Q&A industry panel. We'll have several industry people giving you advice and just kind of teaching you how to navigate through the industry. Love it, love it. Also, last but not least, this season, Fashion Week, uh, we're launching our first book. Oh, I know. I can't believe it. I know. Super excited. It's a guidebook for posing and being on camera. It's super helpful for both runway and photo shoots. Low-key, even selfies. So, guys, Posing 101 drops this Fashion Week. Keep an eye out for that. Okay, I got one more question before we get into this thing. I want to know, how do you guys feel about adding author to your resume? Like I'm fucking legit. <laughs> like rock stars. No, it feels amazing. We're super excited to level up and um, level up. Speaking of leveling up, <laughs> like I just can't even believe that. Like I never saw being an author in my future at all. And that is the dope part about this industry. Okay, and speaking of leveling up, we're super excited about our guest today. Um, We're really excited because this is somebody who has taken his modeling career and totally transcended um, into a whole nother career. He does film and television. He's a producer. He is the creator and the executive producer of Growing Up Hip Hop. And can I just drop one other thing just on the Just drop history? it. Just drop it. Um, he was the first black Abercrombie and Fitch model. I have to Whoa. say that. Who didn't love Abercrombie and Fitch? Yeah, we're going to get into all of that. All of that. So, um, a black Abercrombie and Yes. Mr. Datari Turner. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. I got to hire you as to be my publicist. Presidential and everything. For having me, I'm, I'm very humbled to be here. We're super excited. So we've got some good questions for you. Yeah. Fire and away. I I'm think here. where you want to start, Ash? Well, we want to start at the beginning. So tell us how you got into modeling. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. Like I, I feel like the story is I don't want to say cliche, but obviously because of social media, media this doesn't happen today. But um, you know, I was a I was a freshman. I was on scholarship at Oklahoma State University. And um, I had broke my collarbone, so I got a medical red shirt. And I was back in the Bay Area. And, um, you know, the Bay Area is sort of like a, like a, I would say, just sort of a nest egg for, like, athletes. They go okay. pro and the whole thing. So I was um, with two of my boys, and we were walking through Union Square in San Francisco. <laughs> this is crazy. 
And this lady, um, you know, they had this model search called Face Finder. So she saw me and she said, you know, um, I think you got a really great look. Would you sign up for this thing? Blah, blah, blah. And I had never thought about being in the industry. I didn't think that I, you know, where I come from, you know, we, everybody wanted to be athletes or drug dealers. So you know, it just wasn't on the radar. And when she asked me to sign up, I was like, I'll sign up, but you got to let all my boys sign up. And then my boys are like six, Looking five, out. 300 pounds, <laughs> like these big athletes. This little, you know, Jewish lady, she looked kind of taken aback, but she said, yes, let them sign up. She called me back that night and said, you got a really great look. You know, I would like you to come back, you know, to this, to this thing next week and sort of explain what it was. And to make a long story longer or shorter, <laughs> um, I went back the next week. I ended up winning the best regional face and then for my division. Then I went to Palm Springs and I won the best face in California for my division. This is crazy. This never happens. And uh, I won the whole thing in the uh, Ford, the uh, Ford Milan Agency, Katie Ford, yes. the CEO at the time, and Jerome Martin and Mary Anderson. They signed me to an exclusive contract. So wow. that is crazy. And I was still on, I was still <laughs> right. on scholarship, so you know they wanted me to. You know, moving into a model's apartment and for me to test and do all of these things. And, you know, my parents were like, well, that's not going to happen. Like, yeah, right. In school and the whole thing. But, um, you know, Ford said that they had a, um, you know, they had offices all over the world and they had an L.A. branch, which was more commercial. And L.A. is, um, you know, my mother is from L.A. So, mm -hmm. so you know, it's six hours away driving from the Bay. So we drove down and uh, I took some Polaroids in the L.A. office and immediately they were like, it's a different thing you right know, you, you, you go into Milan you gotta be able to fit the clothes and you know they were basically like you can't live anyway so you gotta basically just do cardio so I was like well this is over because I'm, right. I'm still a football player but as fate would have it um, you know they sent my Polaroids to Bruce Weber who is an iconic fashion photographer and he used me for Abercrombie right off of the Polaroids that, wait this so this was like your first Job. This is my first thing. That's yeah. crazy to be the first black. Yeah. So how, how was that? Like, I mean, was that? Well, did I got it the mean pictures on my phone. I mean, well, at the, you know, it's funny. At the, at the time, you know, growing up where I grew up at, you know, I and I know this sounds crazy now, but I didn't, I didn't know what Abercrombie was. You yeah. know, we, we wore, <laughs> we wore heel figure at the time it was really big. Aaliyah was in the ads. You know, we wore heel figure and we wore Ralph. That's all we wore. You know, so. When they said Abercrombie, I was just sort of like, well, I ain't really wearing it. And we wore Carl Canine. You know? So <laughs> I didn't know what it was, you know? So it was crazy because my whole first, and I'm actually writing something, and I have wrote and produced a film called Supermodel for Netflix. Yeah. Um, you know, but I'm writing something sort of loosely based on my experiences in the fashion business now that we're going to make a scripted series. But it was, it, it was crazy because, like, I was just so oblivious of everything in right. the industry. I had no polish about me. And it was just always like I would show up to set. I would have a do-rag on. I'd be in Paris <laughs> at McDonald's. Right. People would just be scratching their head like, what is, who is right. this dude? Who is this? Like, he don't really know what none of this means. He doesn't, he doesn't right. know what the brand is. You know, we shot we shot um, Abercrombie in Lake Placid, which is upstate New York, right on Canadian right on the Canadian border. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, you know, it came out, it changed my life, you know, and in, in between it coming out, I had got the, um, I had did the My Little Secret video. Oh, yeah. Then, um, <laughs> How did I do that? He was yeah. a video mixed into, I forgot. <laughs> I, had, I had cranked out a couple of videos in between the, the yeah. that actually coming out because, you know, Ford were like, well, he got this campaign. You know how they do it. They do it in film too. It's like, you, you film this film. Then they like, oh, they got this movie coming right, out, so right. now and everything. Right. So then I got all of this stuff, like even before Abercrombie came out. So I did like, a, um, you know, I had did like a, um, a eight page photo shoot, a layout, a uh, spread in Vibe magazine. Yeah. Um, nice. And then I had got a For couple Sean of John videos. Or? No, no, this was before Sean John. This okay. was pre Sean John. But okay. I did um, a whole thing in Vibe magazine and then. Um, what else did I get? I got the Skechers ad campaign. During that um, time, it was like models that were just used over and over again. It's like this yeah. select few models, I feel like, during that time. 
that really got all the jobs and stuff was yeah, like, I think my generation was really like the last generation that really made real money, you know, because when I got in Tyson's generation, he's a generation before me, so him and Mark Vanderloo and I was Linguist and even the women, Naomi and Tyra, mm-hmm. you know, I mean they were making I mean you had women who weren't even supermodels making a million dollars, two, wow. two million, three million dollars a year just doing that used to be the budget. Really? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I had clients that would book me, um, and at this time, the euro was twice as much as the dollar, so, like, I would have clients that would book me in, like, Barcelona for, like, two weeks straight at, like, three grand a day. Wow. You know? So, I so being go, young and yeah. getting that kind of money. <laughs> no, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Like, I, um, and, but I, it's funny, it's like, generation, that you're, I thought my generation didn't make money hearing about what Tyson's generation right. was making. But like, and, and I feel like my generation was the last generation of the real supermodels. And I, and I, and I say that very, you know, not to offend anybody, but just like my generation, like one of my best friends, Scott Barnhill was like the, when VH1 used to do the VH1 Vogue Fashion Awards. So he was like male model of the year and he was engaged to Giselle at the time. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that on VH1. Yeah. That was yeah. really epic. Yeah. It was. So they yeah. did it during that time. And Scott was one of my best friends, and he was engaged to Giselle Brunson at the time, who obviously married to Brady right. now, and then she left him for Leo. And, and, and <laughs> That's and, all another story. So but but um, but my whole generation it was it was Giselle, it was Adriana Lima, it was Leah Kabidi. Like That's that so was cool. really the last generation of like you knew women by their first name, like Bridget Hall, right. because there was no social media. So these women was like supermodels and everybody knew their name without Twitter and without, you know. I'll play Instagram. devil's advocate. We have Gigi and Bella. No, you got you got some great girls now. I mean, you do. You, I mean, you got, you got, um, you know, obviously the girls, you got Kendall. Um, you know, oh, yeah. you, you got, um, I'm drawing, like, I know the girl from Compton who was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, Danielle. Um, oh, and Winnie, and yeah, yeah, you yeah, got some, you got some great girls. But I just think that I just think the money aspect was so much different because I mean Giselle at her height was making like twenty million a year, you know. Agreed, so, agreed. Um, and Adriana Lima, I remember even Jessica White when she got Cover Girl at sixteen, she was making two million dollars. Like she was. So modeling at that time was like a real. Career. No, it was a real thing. It was, I mean, everybody couldn't, because you got to think now, like, with social media, with, like, Instagram modeling, it's sort of like, you know, you don't have, like, everything is digital now. Like, it was a little more, I feel like it was a little more sacred back then, because you would have to go into the agency to take Polaroids. The process took so long. We just had this conversation. You couldn't really, you know, a lot of the agencies, they didn't have... You know the name of the, the agency outside the building, right. so you didn't know Ford was just like an all white building on Burton Way. You didn't, no one knew what it was. It didn't say Ford models outside, wow. so so it would be like they would have like one day a week where they would do open call, and you would just have to know somebody to get it. Yeah. It was really really tough at that particular stage to be to get in the fashion business, and yeah. so and a lot of these girls would get ripped off because you would have all of these like. John Robert Powers and MI, MTA and they would charge girls five grand oh to like gosh. and tell them that like all of these modeling scouts were going to be there and then they would just send an assistant <sighs> you know that really that no girls never got discovered out of that stuff and they would every because I always feel like with, with fashion fashion is like to women what at what, what sports is to men you know I, what I, I mean? agree like, I love that analogy girl, yeah when you're a little girl like you want to be a, a model, yeah. you want to be a supermodel. That's sort of like, and you know, you little boy, you grew up in inner city, you want to be Jordan, right. you want to be Kobe, you want to be Bron. So you know, it's 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 why these companies was able to make so much money, and then you know, Tyra, you know, figuring it out with Top Model and yeah. Heidi Klum with with Project Runway. I mean, I, you know, that was, but all of that happened in my generation. You know, one of my really dear friends, Kyle Hagler, he. He was, he's still the top ranking black agent in fashion. He used mm-hmm. to be, he was a long time agent at IMG. So he okay. represented Giselle, he represented Leah Kabidi, discovered her. He was Tyra's agent, he was Heidi's agent. And so when they came with these ideas of, you know, wanting to do unscripted shows, you know, IMG sort of like, you know, they were, they were the first line of defense for that. 
So. Wow. So back to the pay kind of changing in the industry, I would say that is even more motivation to have more going on than modeling. Right. Like models yeah. Yeah. today, I feel like, are a little more multifaceted. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you don't just model, you produce on the side or music. You know, you coach, you write books. There's yeah. so many other things, you know, contributing and paying the bills. So sure. let's talk about your transition into production. What, what was that like? Well, you know, it, it was a, you know, the year was, was uh, 2002. And, you know, I lived in New York during 9-11, you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I saw it happen. I saw it. You know, I saw the second plane, you know, crashing. I mean, you, you know I lived in New York. I didn't remember. That was during the time too. But during that, was, that time, that was that was two thousand. That was when Wes came to stay with me. That was in two thousand two. So that was like six months after. That's crazy. Nine eleven in two thousand one. That's crazy. So so um, you know I think for guys you know the fashion industry has always been an industry where women completely dominate. You know you you know women make five times more than guys. I remember shooting Hillfigure and Joy Bryant who's a really so still oh, yeah, Joy, yeah. We used to be the, we were the, the black faces of Hilfiger. Yes. So I was in all the Hilfiger ads. I was she the guy, was a, she was the girl. Yeah. We shot Hilfiger together. And um, she would be getting paid twice as much as I was getting paid. That's so and then crazy. Rebecca Romaine at the time had a contract with Hilfiger where they were paying her like a million dollars a yeah. year. And, you know, I was making good money, but like, you weren't making I wasn't making what the girls was making. <laughs> right. And so, I mean, I, I didn't, it wasn't a career where I felt like I could really get rich, you know, like I had a great life, you had a nice apartment, you know, with a doorman, I had a new Range Rover, but like, I wasn't getting rich like some of these girls, like I knew girls that, y'all would go to their model's apartment and they'd be from the you know, Czech Republic and you would just see like a stack of checks because they haven't even opened wow. a Like it's a check for 82,000, a check for 40,000. Like they haven't even cashed these checks yet. So we weren't making money like that. So that know? was so, kind of your driving point. Like, I guess the double standard that you felt was in the industry, that was kind of your driving point. Yeah. So it, like, it, let me do something It else. was because I, I just didn't really feel like I was going to get rich and I felt like, you know, I like food a lot, you know what I mean? I Same. didn't want to starve myself. I, I didn't know how, I mean, it's a, it's a great career when you're 20 and 21 and 22 and 23, but as I got, as I started to get older, I was just, I started, I've always been somebody who thought about what my life was going to look like 10 years from now. Right. And I'm I just like, important. I can't live out of a suitcase. You know, at 30 years old, I can't be going to castings at 35 years old. I know models who still do it and still do catalog stuff, but that's a really tough job. You know right. what I mean? And so, you know, I just felt like I wanted stability and obviously I wanted to make more money. And so since I was in the fashion industry right after 9-11, I sort of went like I went through like a midlife crisis in my life. I was 23 and, you know, I was living with my girl. And um, I was just sort of like, you know, I had gotten really close to some really, really big campaigns that I didn't get. Like I got, mm. like, you know, I was on hold for Gucci and I was on hold for like some really, really career changing campaigns that I didn't get. And it sort of broke my heart a little bit, you know. Mm. And, you know, I think the fashion industry is really hard because it's not like you don't have to have a talent to do it. You know, as an actor, you can get better. You can go to class. Right. You can go to, but like you can't really, you don't get to choose how tall you are, you so, know, how high your cheekbones are, right. what your jawline looks like, you know, the symmetry of your face. You don't get to choose that, you know. So not overnight. Right. So. <laughs> that's good for our listeners, like that wanna be models. You yeah. have to understand there's so much to it. It's not just It really is. Always about what you bring to the table and what your talent is. Yeah. And I was living my life in a bubble, you know, when I was working a lot. You know, I used to ride motorcycles. My agency didn't want me to ride bikes. You know, I, I, I just, yeah, I, was, I, I couldn't really like, I just felt like the walls were sort of closing in on me. Like I didn't really have a life. I couldn't really do dangerous stuff. And, um, and honestly, I was always, I, I you know, I feel like I, I can just say for me, I, I always was very self-conscious about taking pictures. Like I, I would I would feel like 
I would, I would, it would be days where I would go to set and I'd be like, this is the day that they gonna realize that why you know, they don't look the part, wow. you know what I mean? Like, I so it really, really, it really, yeah. it really was wow. like a self, cause I, cause you know, I, I don't know, I just went through a period, period where I was really depressed and I started thinking about, okay, well, I can't do this in 10 years, so what else now that I, you know, God has allowed me to travel, use, you know, for me to use this to travel and to sort of get the polish to myself, yeah. make some relationships, how do I make this work for them, you know? And I just went back to, you know, when I was a kid, and the only other thing that I really liked as a kid was movies outside of sports, right. but I, you know, Hollywood might as well have been in Dubai, <laughs> Right. you know uh, a realistic career and I didn't really want to be an actor um, you know because you know before like I, I was able to dabble in that I like was on Moesha and yeah. guest spots and things like that and that. I was like <laughs> you know it was recurring on Boston Public so I had got a chance to act in some things and I was like I don't really really love this and for me it's sort of hard for me to do something if I don't really love it you right. know? so and I didn't really love modeling either, which is why I was sort of like always on the fence about it. Right. And then I bought a book. I bought two books. I bought a book called Writing Treatments That Sell, and I bought a book called Save the Cat that taught me how to structure a screenplay. Now this is and important stuff, people. Like yeah. getting the tools. <laughs> yeah. Take this in. And the first thing the book said was to write about something that I knew, write about something that I had knowledge of. And being a leading man in so many videos, you know, I was like, <laughs> I, I knew a lot of the, the music video girls and I sort of knew their lives and sort of what they were going through. And I had seen a film, I just saw a film called Gia that Angelina, Angelina Jolie starred in. And I was like, why not do an urban version of that about a video girl? And, um, you know, that was sort of like the basis to, for me to take a stab and write my first screenplay called Video Girl star her sister and that was uh that was sort of my foray into I was I remember I wrote the first draft of the script I went to my girl I was like I think I'm gonna move to LA and give this screenwriting thing a shot and she thought I was going through this midlife because I had been depressed for a while <laughs> she's so like she was what like, you were going you, you know, a model what? turned into right a right like she wasn't feeling it because she was like well you didn't go to film school right right and you know you we got a really great life all our friends are here like you on two billboards like what are you doing like she was really like thought something was really wrong with me and she was like well if you gotta go to LA to 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 you know to like get this out of your system, go, but I'm staying. Mm. And she didn't want to come with me. And then that broke my heart. Um, but I moved to LA, got me a little studio apartment. Good thing you did, because look at you now. Exactly. That's sort of, that's sort of the you genesis like, of how I got right, You got to yeah. follow your dreams, man. Yeah, for sure. For nice. sure. Um, but that's sort of like the, the longer, quicker version of sort of like what got me on a path to where I am. So you have experience on camera and behind the camera. Do you have any tips for models that are going to be on camera? Yeah, I mean, I would just say, as a as a model, I mean, the business has changed so much, you know. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to move around if you want to make the most money. Like, you know, some of the guys that came before me told me they were like, "Listen, you can make a lot of money, but you gotta like move around. You can't just." You definitely can't stay in LA. You gotta go to New York. Oh, you, you gotta physically see move all okay. of the clients. You gotta go see. You gotta spend some time in New York just to sit there and see all of the clients. Mm -hmm. And then you gotta, you know, go to South Africa. You can get, you can get a lot of tears there. You can build your book up. You can do South African G GQ. You can like come back with a whole book of tear sheets. Mm -hmm. You know, spend some time in in London. Spend some time in Paris. Like just move around. You know, make sure you got agencies everywhere. So that was one of the things that was great advice for me. I hated it, you know, because I was like, I, again, I was living out of a suitcase. Yeah. But the years that, like, I actually moved around and went to Barcelona, went to Milan, and went to, you know, like, I, I made the most money because, you know, I would always come back with new tear sheets and, and networking. And, and that helped me get, you know, campaigns and, and um, you know, being able to go to Milan and, you know, get the, the YSL show or like get a big show or whatever and then you
and got momentum. Because our business, whether you work in film or TV or fashion, is all about momentum. Right. Perception. Absolutely. The perception is actually more important than the truth. You know That's what I'm saying? So we have a project is, coming out. No one cares about the project. They just know that you have something coming out. Right. You know, so. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? So I would just say that. And just, you know, one really underrated thing is sending, like, thank you. So many people in our business are like, like a, a little self-centered and like a little entitled. Like, so yeah, a little entitled, and you know they sort of think they're like all oh, these people are. But you know, people work with. It's not. I know you've seen models and you've been like, man, she's in everything. I don't even think she's that hot. Right. You know, <laughs> but 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 it's really about people want to work with people that they like. You know yeah, what I'm saying? People important. really want to work with because honestly, they can make anybody a superpower. Right. You know what I mean? The industry can make anybody a superpower. Especially nowadays. They it's can, very diverse. Yeah, I mean, and they and, and you know, they, they control what's hot, you know, but I think like being a really having, you know, charisma, being a really nice person, letting people know you're grateful for things. Yeah. You know, that goes a long way with people. I Absolutely. would always I would always send thank you cards when I work with clients and you know, I used to work with the industry's changed so much, but I used to work, you know, for Macy's a, a lot, you know, and like the catalog is really what keeps you, you know, where you make the most of your money from. Like, you know, you do these tears, you get these tear sheets and do an editorial, but they don't, that doesn't really pay. And now catalog, I feel like is e-commerce. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's all online. Yeah. Everything is online. Yeah, like the Sunday, like like I used to be in all of the Sunday papers, yeah. sacks, <laughs> yes, you know, yes. catalogs. Like you do that, that's what you want because if you can get the catalog stuff, those people always made a lot of money. Right. You gotta get the campaigns and you got you gotta have an editorial to help you get those. And they're consistent. Stuff. Like kinda nowadays those online like the um naked wardrobe and things like that it's like those are guaranteed you're gonna keep those models yeah they're shooting weekly they're doing the the catalog the e-commerce so it's pretty cool though how the industry has just shifted into that but digital digital yeah but from a lot of successful people i have heard thank yous and just being and we just had this discussion just being somebody pleasant to work with and making the environment a better place when you're there it's just like a big thing and it it goes a long way it really does it's underrated our business you got to think like life is moving so fast and everybody is meeting a million people and doing and when somebody really just stops and like you know you get something in the mail thank you for hiring yeah like that 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 really does still it's like it's like you know what it is it's like a woman who's very beautiful sometimes men feel like well i don't Right. Right. Still she still appreciate. Yeah. She still want to hear that you love you her. You still want to hear that you. Right. Like we got a lot of one liners here. You know. So so that I mean, we at the end of the day, at the core, we just people. We yeah. all want to feel appreciated. Yeah. We all want to feel like we're doing something good in the world. Absolutely. And uh, you, that, that's a that's a great tip. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> I mean, it does. It really, really does. And and I've heard this from many successful people that. Being grateful is like takes you a long, long way. <laughs> the way. So, sure. on a more technical note, yes, on camera tips um, for models in terms of like lighting or angles. I know you have like experience with both, you know, TV modeling and behind the camera. Right. So, any tips for being on camera? Well, I think you should just know your face. You should know what side of your face is your best side. It's true. You should know. You just you should you should know your face. I mean, it's like you know, I'm a sports guy, so I use a lot of sports analogies. But like sometimes the team with the with the most talent doesn't always win. You know, the team with the best coaching wins. You know, the Patriots had the best coaching. The Rams had the better team, and the right. Patriots won. And you know, this is all. You gotta study. You gotta study your face. Study, study this your photos. Study, you know, like like the angles that's gonna make you look the slimmest or make your face look, you know, the best. And and um, you know, it's really it's not even necessarily. Obviously, you know, the more you take photos, the more comfortable you get. But you should really study your photos. You know, like you should. And and um, that was something that I did a lot. I would go to the store. You know, pretty much like three or four times a week, just to browse the magazines back then. Right. Now it's different. 
But, yeah, but, but yeah. I used to go to the grocery. It was a store on Robertson. We used to have all the magazines out. Oh, it was like Robertson and Pico. Like a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was like their home yeah. magazine stand. They would have magazines from all over the world. And they would have like photo They're like, magazines. sir, you've been here too long. Yeah, and so, I would right. just literally stand there, and you know, I go in there while I like one and two. Right, but you. But I would stay there for like two hours, and I would literally just watch. I would read all. I would go through all of the tear sheets and all these magazines because I wanted to know, you know, what everybody was doing. I wanted to see, you know, if I could get some inspiration if I did a test shoot, you know, like oh, this could be dope. And you know, you gotta study the competition. This is a, this is your yeah. business. You know what I mean? Sure. This isn't. This is a this is a real business, and the people that treat it as such are the ones that who are successful. You know, make the most money and do the best. You know, so I've always been a person that's been somebody that's like researched and put a plan together. The encyclopedia, yes, the encyclopedia, yeah. and all this stuff that he's saying is in the the Bible. Yes, like about knowing you know your craft and face shape and all of that so that's like a lot of good info it's good to know we're hitting it right on the head with that the bible yeah we got we have an on-camera bible coming out yeah so basically like what angle what shape what like learning what to do if you're brand new and it kind of guides you right because because there's a lot of models if you really go back through the years there's a lot of models that didn't necessarily have like they weren't like Kate Moss was five seven she wasn't five eleven five ten um you know Stella Warren before she when she was a model like there was a lot of you know models that even didn't really have like the chisel faces like that they just knew how to photograph you know even someone even like Kate Upton like she's not doesn't have like the the slimmest face but she knows how to photograph you know and sometimes you see some of these supermodels and you see them in person you like Man, they don't even look that tall. That's Instagram. And then you have people that are drop dead gorgeous in person but don't know how to photograph. Right. right. I see that. Yeah. So, so it is really important to study the craft. Um, like I said, you want to have agencies everywhere. You know, you know, you have your mother agency. I'm, I'm sure. I don't know if it's still the same. You have like the first agency you signed with is your mother agency. Okay. But you got to go to these other places and get agents and. You know, women work everywhere, so you know they. You know, I mean, they go work. work in Moscow, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, all over the place. So you know, you, you gotta go um, get you, uh, you know, uh, some flight benefits. You know, <laughs> right, one of these flight, one of these <laughs> flight attendants. Give them no. Like, give them. Give one of these flight attendants. Give them like two grand. To put you and on get the, the little. What is it called? The buddy pass. The, the buddy pass. Put you on that flight because it, it's like they have this thing with flight attendants and you. Say that this is your domestic partner. They can put you on. He, now he giving out real good tips. <laughs> and then you South can, and, and if you do that, then you can just fly yeah. everywhere. And yeah. You can like try stuff out. And, now he know. giving the undercover tips. Now, now <laughs> oh, you get <laughs> right. She's like, okay, let me let me She's write like, this down. Marry a flight attendant. Sure. Check. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's name drop. Tell us about some of the brands you've worked with. Yeah. Whatever you can about that. Oh yeah, well, I, you know, I mean, when I when I was modeling, um, I did Abercrombie, I did Hill Figure, I had, you know, I was the face of Shinetown for two years. How was that? Um, it was great. I mean, yeah, it during was, that it time was, too, you know, they were clapping. Oh, at that time, <laughs> the perks of being the face of Shinetown. Yeah, tell us about it, the perks. Was, you know, it, it was you know Puff Man. It, it was a, it was a great time. It was. Um, I remember when he did his very first what fashion right? show. That was, it was it was live. You used to have a network called the Style Network. So they yeah. did like they did like a day in a life piece on me in two thousand one, and then they did his fashion show. And he was just coming off the, the he had just got acquitted. Um, he was coming oh, yes. trial with J Lo and yeah. Sean and the whole thing. And um, you know it was a great time. I mean it was a really big show. And then he did he did um, the show in the fall that had like Adrian Leland in it and Jessica White. He had all of the big black. Wow. You know, Male and female models at that time, and it was a couple white boys. Channing Tatum was in it. Yeah, you remember he was modeling. Um, you know, Holly had a kid by. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it was a, it was a, it was a great time during that time, and you know, obviously Puff, they would have like the bad boy Rockefeller softball games in the Hamptons in the summer. Or in That's crazy. I need to know, do you still have that fur from the runway, the black one? Because I'm going to need to get that. No, no. Yeah. Did they give you that? I need I, to know. It was funny. I was, I, was, 
I was literally in People Magazine with Puff for that show because I threw the fur in the, in the, in the crowd. Like I, I, yeah, I, I closed the show and I threw the, 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 the you know, the coat. Was that crowd. your thing or did they No, like I just did it on some swag shit. Oh, you threw the product. And then the guy, uh, I, for, I forget the cup, I forget the I think his name was Bill. It was like the guy who did the role who Puff had hired to do it. He like flipped out and Puff laughed. Oh my and gosh. Was he was like, that's what I would have did, Playboy. You oh killed that shit. Oh my gosh. You know, so and, 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 They're like, you lost 10 grand. That's, well, that's what you so, get when you get to work with Puff. That was like, more like 50. It was more like 50. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, okay. no, I worked for Sean John. I worked for Banana. I did Banana Republic. Um, what else did I do? So you got a, a chance to do a lot of runway and print. Yeah, yeah. Like I did a lot, of, a lot of print. J. Crew. Which did you prefer, print or yeah. runway? Yeah, I prefer print because runway doesn't really pay money like that. Oh, you know, you yeah. want to get the you want oh, yeah, to get the the, the, the the holy grail is to get the campaigns, of course, and to get a fragrance campaign. Fragrance campaigns pay more than anything. Like, wow! I know you guys remember when Tyrese was in the Hill Figure fragrance campaign with Elaine, Scott Barnhill. I, Tyrese probably made a half a million dollars on it because it's the usage. They they, yeah. they they run those fragrance campaigns for like so five years. So campaigns are like the... So you want to get the fragrance. You want to get the fragrance campaign. But no, the campaigns is how you make the money. Okay. It enables you to get, you know, catalog work. And, what was your favorite campaign then? I would say... Shajan was one of them. I mean, you know, Herb Ritz, who's like a super iconic photographer, Puff had hired him to shoot... Um, the 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 last Sean John ads that I did and we shot him in um, in Palm Springs and um, you know Herb had died a couple of months later oh wow um, and you know he was he was a, a legend you know it's a famous photo with like Christy Turlington Naomi Cindy yeah Crawford, he did that laying yeah on each other. He did that's like that. a classic you know, he, he shot the Madonna cover when when she was, uh, when he shot Janet's cover. When she was topless. When, uh, Iconic. When was holding her, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, I mean, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's super iconic. Um, so that was really great. It's all about the photographers. You know, Bruce, I did Ralph Lauren, Bruce, with Bruce Weber. Um, so now that you're on the other side, do you appreciate the photographers a little bit more? Or do you look at them a little bit differently? No, I mean, I, you know, it's all about, the, I, I think I appreciate it. I didn't really know what it really was but i i think i appreciated it then i mean they control the business you know right. like and and so you know um you know i got a chance to work with pretty much the majority of the big ones um you know bruce weber herb Stephen klein nice. walter chin Dang. um dewey nicks mario testino testino um, <laughs> i didn't i didn't work That's with amazing. i didn't work with um uh my Stephen Mizell or like Richard Avedon or Peter Lindbergh or um, Which is definitely uh, or, or Annie Leibovitz. Those are those are ones that I wish I would have got a chance to work with. Yeah. But like you know Richard Phibbs and that, the last campaign that we did um, was uh, which Mark Mark Siegler shot, which he's a really really big commercial photographer and Cliff Watts too. Um, I shot the Rockaware campaign. Me and Zoe Saldana. And Jay, that's shot right. in South Africa and in uh, Bangkok, Thailand. So, so yeah, so. too many good ones to even. He's like, I'm done modeling. Yeah, I'm he's like, like basically. No, you know, it, it was a, it was a stepping stone. You know, I, I think for guys, you know, I always say like, you know, people are, are good at more things sometimes than the world allows them to be. Mm. And you know, models have a stigma for not being too intelligent, but that couldn't be further from the truth. You yeah. Know? There's a lot of models that have gone on to have incredible careers, like the Channing Tatum's. Yes. And, um, you know, the Mila Jovovich and, and yep. Joy Bryant. Joy Bryant went to Yale. She was doing Hilfiger while she was at Yale. You know? Just so, to pay the bills for it. You know, yeah. so, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, I think you, once you get into business, I think that, you know, think about how to, because you, you know, you can be out at One Oak and be out at, like, back in the day, Dublin's and life was yeah. like clubs. And, but, like, you can be out and be around all these people, but, and you can be enjoying the moment, but think about how to make those relationships really work for you. You know, whether, whether you come up with an eyewear line or 
come up with something and you can go to some of these people to be partners yeah. or invest in the line. Or, so don't just be know, there, you know, be there with a purpose. For sure. I mean, Pharrell Finance, Issa Rae's web series, yeah. I'm a black girl, you know, like I think that you got to have a plan, you know, that that's that's what I always I would say, just have a plan and have an end game. You know, I'm, I've always been a big planner, you know, I, you know, you, you have your yearly goals, you got your daily goals, your monthly goals your five-year goals, you know, and so when you're coming across and you're meeting all these people, you know, don't just be like, don't just chalk it up to a night that, oh, I was partying with Don't Lenny. just get an Instagram. Right. I, yeah, I was partying don't with Lenny Kravitz and such right. and such. No, you know, really cultivate, some cultivate type those of, relationships, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, a lot of times, you know, you it's not like, you know, you, you get somebody's information and you ask them to do something for you next week sometimes it's just you gotta like, one up but but you gotta you gotta know the plan that's why that's why it's really good to have like the five-year plan so you know you gotta play chess so you know when you meet people you may not ask them for nothing for four years right you yep. know but you cultivate that relationship maybe you send them a bottle of champagne for their birthday you right, know what i'm saying right. you forge a real relationship you know and sure. then those really because i it's funny because some of the relationships that I made in fashion still serve me today. I mean, I was at Puff's house for New Year's. Yeah, hello. Um, you know, I'm still very close to Joy Bryant. She was yeah. a, 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 you know, the boy and girl. Yes, yeah. Um, you know, we're doing a project together. And some of the, you know, so I'm still, I still have those relationships, you know, from what I did model. You know, so that's what's really important. So it just came full circle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't see it. I didn't know you know, what my life was going to look like. But you knew but those relationships were important. They were important. I mean, I'm, you know, Billy Woodruff and a lot of these video directors then, you know, and I'm, I'm still friends with today. And so, um, yeah. So my favorite thing to ask successful people is about their day to day. What's your like morning ritual? What's your day look like? Well, I write everything down. Like every, <laughs> I, I have a, I have a, 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 a journal that I keep throughout the year. And it's, it's, it's every day, it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and it's every day what my goals are for the day. And the first two things that's always at the top of the list is pray and work out. Mm -hmm. And I may not always work out. Yeah, but you always pray. But, but the, way, the way I do it, the way I'm able to check it off is even if I don't work out and I get home, you know, really late at night, you know, my favorite number is 11, so I'll just do 11 push-ups. Right. I'm like, let me just you say I did in, something. Right. Let me just say that I did something. But just it's so I can making it that off. list and committing to it. Yeah. These are like super important tips for success. Successful yeah. people do the same. You talk to successful people, they do the same thing. I literally make a, I make a, you know, I make a list of everything I have to do every single day. And obviously, you know, life is like, you know, we're throwing your pivots and stuff sometimes. But I always try to knock out the majority of the stuff on my list per day. And if it, and if I don't, it rolls over to the next day. You yeah. know what I mean? But, you know, I have a weekly, I always have my daily goals. I have a weekly goal. I have a monthly goal. And then I have my yearly goal. And then you have your five-year goal. I mean, this whole thing is a marathon. I, I, the mistake that I see a lot of people making is that they want it to happen in such a right. quick period of time. You knew, I mean, you were there. Like, you knew how long yeah. it took me to get video. Absolutely. It was... Forever and script after script after script. And we it stayed did. the course, you know. And I mean, this this game is a, it's a marathon, and you and you know you gotta. It's not always about hitting a home run, hitting a grand slam. Just get base hits. Just put points on the board. Just just get little wins. And once you make the decision that this is what you want to do for the rest of your life, if this is like you, then you just dedicate your life to it, you know. Because one thing that I when I think back on the fashion business, I didn't love it. I didn't appreciate it when I was in. Mm -hmm. I didn't. You know, I would I would be in some of these locations and I couldn't really enjoy myself because I couldn't eat. You know? Right. I had to like starve myself. Or like right. I couldn't you know, or or I didn't want to I was always paranoid about getting caught in the wrong, you know, because a lot of shit that yeah, goes on in the fashion industry is wild. It's a wild thing. So sometimes if you don't want to participate in certain things, like it's better to just not go. Just because you don't ever want to put yourself in a situation where, you know, you there and then you don't participate. You don't and then need that guy. like, 
okay, well, he gonna tell on everybody. Right. You know what or I mean? they're gonna so, point you out. Yeah, you become that guy. It's like it's like that line that Denzel says in training day to Ethan Hawke. He's like, in order for people to trust you, they gotta have a little bit of dirt on you. That's so, so true. Some of that is kind of true. You know what I mean? In our in our industry, some of that's kind of true. But I, but I, but I feel like I was, you know, because I didn't want to put myself in certain situations, and I wanted to, you know, be looked at as you know, a professional and a business yeah. person. I tried to make sure everything I did for the most part was between hours of eight and eight, you know. And so I, I my, my fashion career was pretty disciplined. It was pretty, pretty you disciplined. You sound pretty disciplined. Yeah. You know, so, so I didn't get a chance to really enjoy a lot of it. But now when I look back on it, it changed my life. I mean, Number one, it gave me a polish. If I if I had, you know, I used to wear gold grills and shit. <laughs> you know, I was a football dude. I was like, I didn't really know how. I didn't have any polish. Like, right. I, you know how I discovered champagne was in, in the, when I was a mom. It's like the first fashion party. <laughs> and it's a lifelong the, love the, for you. Because the, the first fashion party I, I went, I remember, um, um, it was after show, and you know all the models. We went to the bar, and I, I'm trying to like it was one of the girls in the show. What were you gonna like, order? She's like, "What do you want? What are you drinking?" And I said, "Hennessy." And she rolled her eyes and be like, "Oh, that shit is so low brown." Basically, like her version yeah, of that. Of and I felt bad because I'm like, "Damn, that was." She said, "Here's the food." She's like, and she had a big glass of champagne, and she that and it, and I was hooked, and it was a love I was what you realize about champagne is like, because I was to see girls that wouldn't eat anything, but and they, they would drink, drink that champagne. champagne all night, and it was all good. And then you realize, like when I started doing research, because you know I'm a researcher, yes. exactly. champagne has the least amount of calories <laughs> in any alcohol. Oh, it's 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 got the same benefits. We as need red, to know this. Okay, it's red wine. It's got the same benefits oh, wow. for your heart, for your circulation. Google it. And, and uh, now we sip champagne. <laughs> so I was like, so, so, because, because I would see this, I would be like, these girls ain't ate one thing, right. but they just tossing these champagne. Okay, we gotta ask you one more thing because you touched on something and kind of glided through it really quick. And I know a lot of listeners and just a lot of young people these days deal with it. You said you kind of went through a depression, so just give us something quick that maybe can help the next young person that gets in one of those slumps. Trying to make it, trying to do their thing. Um, what would you say I, got you through, or what advice would you give somebody who's dealing with rejection, um, depression, depression, uh, trying to make it? You know, what what Midlife advice? Crisis. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was it was a really I went through a really tough period of time. I mean, even the first time I decided to make the jump and go to New York was tough. I mean, I was in a model's apartment. It was a two bedroom. It was two people to a room. And um, life. I was I was in this model's apartment with like a guy who didn't even speak English. I think he was from the Czech Republic or something, and another guy from Brazil, and and it was just like it was the United Benetton. Oh it was just like it was, I, and and you know they were one of the guys was chain smoking cigarettes okay. in there, and I wasn't I didn't smoke. And then I'm in New York, and I'm getting lost on the subway. Right. I ended up I ended up in the Bronx. I had some you know. Cats roll up on me. Oh, like, I mean, it was it was it was tough, but I would say during the toughest periods of my life, when I was sort of like making the transition yeah, and, get getting the, and getting the, the the I guess the the courage to move to L.A. on my own, really is just my relationship with God. You know, I mean, I, I you know I don't you know I know everybody believes what they believe, and you know the, the things they say not to talk about is religion and politics, but I've always been spiritual person my faith is very important to me you know this life is a is a, is a real tough one this industry is a tough one it'll, yeah. it'll test your faith um you know it will it will test you know how you feel about yourself because there are so many insecure people in our business and so many people dealing with you know demons and dealing with they dealing with so they're going to push that off on you right you know? so you have a, you have to have a strong belief in yourself and understand that at the end of the day god got the last say yeah. These people got the last say. They can't ruin your career. They can't do this. If it's meant for you to be there, he gonna make a way for you to be there. If you really believe, and you know, I had some tough. You know, when you're a young person and you trying to figure it out, you know, you gonna have some. You, it's tough. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And um, you know, because you're still learning yourself, and you're 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 still 
learning. And if somebody tells you you're not good enough, you you some people Take believe that. that. You're yeah. like, man, am I really not good enough? Can I really? Now we old enough to know. We still struggle with with things still on a daily basis, even at this age. But I think um, just having a really strong belief in Christ and, and really praying yeah. every day. And one of the things that I would always just say is like I, I would repeat it like I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. Just I trust you wholeheartedly, you know, um, you know, just, just get me through this and, and, you know, and, and I always, you know, and then when he gets you through it, you know, you, you gotta, you, you, you gotta, you know, you gotta, I, what's the word I'm searching for? I mean, you, you have to like give, give back to Oh yeah. Like, you gotta help. You can't be like, oh, it's all good now. Right. You, know, you, gotta, you gotta keep working. You gotta keep you gotta, working. You, you, you gotta help forward. other people. And that's, that's what I, that's, that's what, what I was trying to say. Yeah, okay. So, it's just to pay it forward and just to give. Blessed to be just a blessing. As much as you, you receive, you know. It's, it's nothing that, you know, you can't call me to do that I'm not going to be there to do. You know what I mean? And, and, and just being a good person, man. I right, mean, we'll, we'll talk about that after. Because I'm like, where's, okay, producer. Anyways, <laughs> that's another conversation. But yeah, so. Um, all right, so tell us um, about your show. Uh, which one? Yeah, I like that. That's the answer you want to say. So tell us about your job, real. Which one? I guess growing up hip hop. Yeah, I mean, for me, like, I, I would just say my mission statement in life and everything that I've always tried to do, um, I just wanted it to always show my people in a positive light. You know, I've never done something just for a check. I've never, like, not believing in something, but even if it was something I could make a lot of money off of, right. like, you gotta ask yourself, one of the things you do have to ask yourself, what is your mission, what's your life's mission statement? What do you want your brand to be? What do you want to stand for? And I think- Because like, you only get one. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, you, you need mean? to have a you need to have a mission statement of, of, of really what you represent. What you wanna leave behind want. in this world. A exactly, and for me, you know, I think one of the things that really really like you know propelled me to be a writer producer was that when I started really thinking about it and I and I didn't touch on this earlier but this is really important when I moved to New York at 19 you know I was making money as a model and like you know sometimes it'd be late and you know New York is a melting pot so you got people right. from all over the world that live there but you know I was say countless times you know you know, white women would cross the street late at night. They wouldn't walk past me. And, you know me. I didn't really, and I, and I didn't really, you know, know. I was just like, "What's that about?" You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, I think black men sort of deal with that a little more than women. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but when you think about the entertainment industry, you think about America. Like America, we're only a superpower because of our entertainment industry. We're not top ten in education. We, <laughs> That's we, for sure. We, we we owe all this. We indebt all this money to China. You have other militaries now that rival ours. You know, this the reason so why true. we know our superpower today is because of our entertainment industry. All these other countries make their own movies, but when we release a movie, it's the number one movie yes. in the world. Yeah. Our movie stars are the biggest movie stars in the world. Our reality stars, our are the music stars. Reality stars in the world. We Even create Kim, popular culture. Kim, Kim likes her. All over the world, we, we create popular culture. So with that being said, the power, people will always try to trivialize like, oh, you know, making movies isn't brain surgery, but like, we all had that movie that we watched, the movies that we watched that shaped what we thought, thought about, how we thought absolutely, about life. Absolutely. And a lot of people that are a different color, and I'm not making it a race thing, but a lot of people that are a different color didn't grow up around black people, but they have a perception of, people of color based on the images, images that they saw right. on screen. And so when you think about that, you know, white men told our stories for a hundred years. And just imagine if they only told the three worst things about you and never told the hundred great right. things about you. So, you know, he's dangerous, gang he's a bangers. killer, he's a gangbanger. So that's the perception that people have without ever meeting a person that's black. So for me, wanting to be, be a, a, a creative was to sort of change that narrative, you know? So, back to modeling. When you were overseas or in another country, was that ever, like... You you know, really, honestly, I got more love in Paris sometimes than I than I got, you know, in, 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 in New 
York sometimes. I mean, just because, because, because you know, that's a that's a thing I, I too. I agree, though. Overseas, we, sometimes it's like that. We were talking about that. I was in Paris all month this month. We were shooting this film on court, um, you know, because the wine industry started in Paris. Nice. And, um, you know, it, like, Jaimin Hatsu, you know, Herbert has discovered Jaimin Homeless in Paris, you know. It's actually a lot of black people in Paris because it's close to Africa. But they don't really, they don't really show you that narrative on TV. Right. So if you've no. never been to Paris, you like when you first get there, you're like, yes. hey, it's all these people of color. Yeah. You know, like, you, I mean, and, and so that's like the first, like, culture shock is when you get there, you're like, man, it's a lot. You're like, oh, I'm here. I didn't and even that's know that. the culture shock. Yeah. You know, but 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 um I think um like I said for me just wanting to, you know, contribute to to the images of the positive imagery of my people. And I created Growing Up Hip Hop. That came out of um, you know, I put Vanessa Simmons in a film I did called Dysfunctional Friends. Yes. Um it also had Megan Marco in it, who was the Duchess now. Yes. Um and and Good casting. <laughs> um, you know, to, 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 to tell the whole story is like, you know, I tried to sell a series with Angela and Bow Wow, and then we sold the series, and then Bow got engaged to Erica Mina, so he had to back out of the series at the time. And then it was one of those things where we were like, you know, Angela was sort of heartbroken at the time about it, and I was like, well, so we don't put ourselves in this situation again. We need to add more hip hop kids. Yeah. So if one leaves, it won't matter because the, the brand is bigger than right. one person, you know? So it was really like doing the Avengers of hip hop. And when I really started to think about it, I was like, when Jay, like my, my first TV show I did was Ultimate Hustler with Damon Dash and mm -hmm. BET. Mm -hmm. And one okay, of the things that, one of the things that, that, that Damon said back in the day, and this was in 2005, he was like, man, you know, when me and Jay started Rockefeller, we named our company after a rich dynasty family because we didn't know a lot of black people that had right. generational wealth like that or that had right. dynasties like that. So they named the company Rockefeller Records. So the whole goal now through hip hop, you you got, you know, you got Jay and B, they got kids, yes. Dame and Rachel Roy and Master P and Reverend Run and now you have all these Another. second and third generations of, of multi-millionaire kids. Yes. So now my goal is that maybe some white kid in Iowa will name his company after the car. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and, you know, it's really right. just about changing. It's, it's yes. really just about black excellence and showing black people having generational wealth. And it's almost like a version of like in the 80s when like, you know, the, the unemployment was the highest in the country sort of like the crack decade mm. where like you saw this Cosby you saw a Cosby show on TV you saw a black doctor you saw a black yes. lawyer you saw them raising you know black kids you know and it was it was a you know the family a was positive. well healed you know and right. that's sort of what we try to do with growing up hip hop it's a, it's a positive show it's on WeTV the Women's Network um, you know we don't have people pulling hair out Look at that. We got Sean John throwing jackets off the stage to, to make, create the shows on. So it's just, it's, just, it's just positive. And, you know, I'm also executive producing a series called Shut Up and Dribble with LeBron James and Showtime, which has been airing. And it's, you know, I think I just critical. saw a commercial for that. Yeah. Amazing. So, and, you know, I mean, that's self explanatory. Right. Was you know, that so. tricky getting LeBron to do TV or he was all for it? Or? No, yeah, he he's already he's been producing TV for a while, okay. um, but it goes back to the relationships. When I when I did the Rockaware campaign in two thousand and six with Zoe, LeBron, you know, Jay is one of LeBron's mentors yes. at that time, and um, LeBron's agent, sports agent Rich Paul, who is one of my dear friends, he was on that tour because we we shot the Rockaware campaign around Jay's World Kingdom Come World Tour, so we went you know we went to all of these places and he was still. Right. shows and we just shot the Rockaway campaign around his tour um, and I forged a great relationship with Rich Paul at the time you know who was you know who's LeBron's agent and we kept in contact and I would pitch them was it a thank you card years uh, you know just just like just just keeping in touch and just yeah. like when they came in town you know he might pick up dinner or I might pick up dinner or whatever just keep it sometimes you just you just text somebody man think about you 
you know, hope all is good, bro. Yeah. Just yeah. just saying what's up. Don't want yeah. nothing. Yeah. Just just saying what's up. That's you know what I'm saying? And just just keeping those relationships, you know, like, you know, even with the Megan situation, I mean, as long as it took video girl to right. happen, she could have, you know, if I wasn't staying in contact with her right. or I wasn't nurturing a relationship, then it, it was might. always people pulling her in different ways. You For know, sure. she was attached to many projects. Yeah, over the years I know, that and that was just yeah. And so you know, it really is about really just keeping the relationship with people. You know, and and, and you just never know where people are gonna end up, where you're gonna end up. I started. I was in the ABC when I moved to LA. I got in the ABC program. Um, I was in Megan Markle was my partner in the program. Wow. You know, relationship she started my second movie and I mean look at where these people are I mean Channing Tatum was 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 poor and like he was in the Sean John show he had just came to New York from Florida it's just great to see people when they had nothing right become you know dude making like 10 million dollars a movie you know so you know it's it's, it's just all about relationships and like I said um, just if, if this is what you want to do, like, I'm a true believer of not having a backup plan, you know? Like, yeah. Because I think if you if you have a backup plan... You're setting plan, yourself up for failure. Yeah, because you say, like, if this don't work out in 18 months, then I'm just going to work for right. my past Right, and business. it might take 19 so, months. Yeah. So, yeah, so it's like, if this is what you really want to do... Then make it work. You got one life, you're going to be... The, the one thing I forgot to say is just appreciate the journey. That's what I didn't when I was like looking back on the fashion business. It was so valuable to me, but I didn't realize. That's how I feel about my music career. I didn't yeah. appreciate it when it was there. I did not see the value the way I looked. Because you're working on the next yeah. trophy. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that we could probably all agree on is being present is the most valuable tool you can have throughout your career because then you don't ever really feel a failure so hard or you don't really you know it's just a moment instead of something that you set yourself up for you know so yeah last question are you ever in like the position of casting where you're actually you know (laughs) all the time okay so we just went through that so what do you look for any do's and don'ts What's the biggest uh, thing people do wrong? You know, any feedback you can give us? I mean, I, I think that like, I would just, I would just say like, I think that I was successful when I was a model because I, I didn't know any better. I was raw, and I think they like that. Authentic. They, they really like that. You know, when you go in there and you sort of like, you know, you want it so bad, and you want, you know, like, I mean, I, I hate, and I wouldn't advise this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Now, but like when I first started, I didn't really know how to dress at castings. So I was going with my do rag on my head. You know, you did not go in them castings. With the hat on it. Well, you know, I would take it off. They had to be like, take the do rag off. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I had my do rag with my with my 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 A's hat on. I think you say be authentic. You know, and I and and I but I think that they really that got me jobs because it was like I really didn't give a fuck. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, so when you see people in castings that have that energy of kind of like, I'm here, I'm doing my thing, whatever. I don't really give a fuck. It's something interesting about that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's so many people. You can yeah, smell there's so it. many people that are gonna come in and be scared and be like, Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, and they gonna overdress or wear too much makeup or right. wear, come in there with a suit or You're come like, in there, be like, dude, what are you just, doing? Do the part. Just go in. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, like, um, and, and, I, and I think what's great about the, you know, I've, I've produced 30 films, and um, I feel like we... <laughs> right, you just dropped that like a nothing. No, but, but I feel like <laughs> we've always, even though the films have had notable names in them, we've always given somebody new opportunity, whether yeah. it was Ryan Destiny, Absolutely. or whether it was Michael Rain Jr., who's now Megan Markle. Megan Markle. Um, I mean, I can the list go goes on. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's always important to discover somebody and, and give somebody new opportunity. I mean, honestly, you know, Maya, you killed it in I video. Mean, a lot of people talk <laughs> about your role. No, a lot of people talk about your role in, in video. Girl. Yeah. Like, man, I didn't even know she was that dope. No, it definitely gave me that opportunity to break out of just the music for me. Right. You know? it, it, it was for sure that opportunity for me to show my chops. And so I was definitely grateful for that opportunity. And they didn't try, it wasn't easy because they were trying to hire somebody else to tell the truth. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you know, what? I wasn't. I, but I, I, it's all right. I, I outbeat. I look. I outbeat. You know, you got to do. No, but they, I mean, it was an opportunity they didn't have to give to me at the end, basically. And, and so yeah, it, it changed my career for sure. For sure. And we, you know, we obviously want to do more things together. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I would just say just be yourself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if, if you say your prayers and, and you've done the work, A lot of time is so much on the line. It's like people are like, man, if I don't get this job, I might have to move back to Iowa. Or, right. You know, I, I, you know, people. I already got people that don't think I'm good enough. Right. Don't think I'm so don't overdo. But you go, yeah, but don't. but you carry that stuff with you, and sometimes it can it can make leave you it at the door. Too. Leave it at you the door. Yeah. Just go in and just be the authentic version of you, because people hire people because they are different, not because they're the same. Right. You know, so. This has been an amazing interview. This is what we wanted. Gems after gems after gems. We got so many, uh, uh, what are they called? Treasures. <laughs> Treasures. <laughs> but no, this was great. And we super appreciate you coming through, dropping knowledge. You'll be producing our show next. Yes, we're gonna talk about that. Oh, <laughs> wait, I'm your producer, girl. Hey. Don't be trying to give him my job. I don't know she gave my job right in front of me. <laughs> no, I know what you mean for sure. Thank you all. The, the show. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. Hope you had a great time. Shout out to Datari. And where can we find you on social? Yeah. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Datari Turner. I'm on Twitter at Datari Turner. Facebook Datari Turner. Turn up with Everything is turn up with turn up. Yes. Awesome. Thank uh, you so much, brother. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Wrap